and welcome back to another episode of Rainbow Road, our first true episode back where we are reviewing a game. Uh, I am Travis, and joining us once again is our co-host Mike. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good, thanks. How you doing? Oh, I'm pissed. Oh, shoot. Why are you pissed? I am filled with rage. I am absolutely apoplectic. Whoa. My best friend, who is very dear to me, pre-ordered Pokemon Legends Arceus for me, uh, which was due to arrive yesterday. Okay. It has not. It will not arrive till Monday. <sighs> and everyone is enjoying their Pokemon, and Twitter is going wild, and I can't oh, be a no. part of it. And I'm, I'm very sad. I'm so sorry, Travis. That's heartbreaking. I've, you're just, like, left behind in this, in, in this cultural wave that is washing over the gaming community it really is and like honestly it's the worst part is it's not even that i can't play the game right now although that's you know definitely tragic it's that like because of spoilers i just can't use twitter and like (laughs) if i don't have video games and i don't have twitter (laughs) what am i doing like seriously uh what are you doing what are what are we doing uh we are introducing our guest kaya kaya thank you so much for joining us Oh, you know what? It's my pleasure. Kaya is a writer for television as well as one of the hosts of the Fandom Show podcast. Uh, Kaya, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? I'm a big nerd. That's why I'm here. That's why I was allowed to to go through the the golden doors and be a part of this podcast. Uh, (laughs) Golden um, doors. So uh, that is, you know, the the nerd cred that this brings me, which is very important to my identity. Um, My partner and I uh, are both big fans of a lot of things, and we have a podcast where we talk to people about their fandoms um, and sort of do a deep dive on different things that people get really passionate about, very much including video games. Um, But it's everything cultural, everything that you could be nerdy about, everything from science. We have a space episode coming out to Drag Race to Star Wars. Anything and everything. It's on the table. Awesome. That's great. I love that. That's very cool. Yeah, it's sick. I'm going to be honest with you. It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Kaya. Uh, we are so happy to have you to talk about uh, the very important, seminal, queer classic, Wordle. Oh, uh, man. So- <laughs> Honestly, uh, a game changer for us all. <laughs> that Wordle. Got it in two the other night. I never felt better. So is that, hold on, hold on. Is this, so just to clarify, I feel like I'm a grandpa because I don't, I've been seeing people posting the pictures of colored squares they're like yellow and green squares. This is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Okay. Um, have you ever played Mastermind? Like that old board game? Yeah, Mastermind? the puzzle game. Oh, okay. So is that what... Oh, so the what's being posted then... Okay, so you can't actually solve those puzzles because they're not puzzles. The puzzle is on the actual site. And then yes. those are the people's results? Yeah, it's, Correct. Like, it's yeah. like a little quick story breakdown of what letters they got correctly and what letters are in the word but weren't in the correct place. Oh, thank you. I've been People keep posting those, and, I'm, and I think they're puzzles. And I'm thinking, like, I'm really good at puzzles. Why can I not solve these things? And they're not solvable, <laughs> are they? They're just people's <laughs> report cards of, like, how they've done. Yeah. The oh, real puzzle boy. was what the fuck was going on. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying because I was like, I just was so confused. The real puzzle is what the fuck is a knoll? Because <laughs> that was like last Monday's answer and it pissed me off. I barely got it. I got a that knoll? one in three and I have never been more proud. A knoll? Is, isn't that a lizard? No, not like a, oh, a G-N, a, oh, a like a K-N. Um, yes. Like the grassy knoll from which JFK was shot. That's right. Okay. I remember typing it in and thinking, this can't be it. I know, right? <laughs> this this can't be. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a real word. Yeah, I... Between Noel and Shire, I'm like, you're just going for the most obscure damn thing you can find. It, honestly, neither of those things felt obscure to me, and that says more about me than it does about Wordle. <laughs> Are they just picking stuff from Lord of the Rings? Is that the whole... It feels... Those just feel like Lord of the Rings words. I mean, I'm not complaining. Uh, you hear they're gonna make that Lord of the Rings show, but they're not calling it Lord of the Rings. They're calling it Rings of Power. I, really? Yeah. yeah, Rings of yes, Power. They are. The it's shows. like Rings of Power. I don't know. It just seems like a weird departure. It is just. It is literally one word away from being Lord of the Rings, the Rings of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't get over how dumb a title it is. And I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm a little worried that if we keep going down this road, we're never going to actually get to the game we're yes. here to talk Sorry, about. Sorry, speaking of departures. Okay, yeah, let's we'll focus. No tangents on the show. We never have tangents. No, we never, never do. Has anybody seen Yellow Jackets? I'm okay, kidding. don't, don't you dare, <laughs> don't you dare. I've heard it's good. I, it looks too scary for me. But anyways, okay, t- sorry. <laughs> okay, so we'll see if Maddie keeps any of that. I have no idea. <laughs> um, can't wait. I honestly can't wait. We're an editing nightmare. <laughs> Okay. All right. I can focus. I can breathe. All right. Today, 
We are talking about Tell Me Why. Tell Me Why was created by Don't Nod, the makers of Life is Strange, and tells the story of two young twins, Tyler and Allison, who end up having to kill their mentally unstable mother in self-defense. The story proper picks up 10 years after that tragic night, as Tyler and Allison are reunited for the first time as young adults and must try to unpack the trauma of their past. First announced in November 2019, the game was released in three parts over the course of 2020, and is thought to be the first AAA game to include a trans protagonist. The game consulted heavily with Glad, that's G-L-A-A-D, and cast a trans man to play Tyler. It was met with mostly positive critical reviews. Um, a lot of the Steam and Google reviews are very hard to parse on this game because there's there, there's just so much transphobia. Like, just, just so much. I haven't read them for that very reason. Yeah, I, I don't. Just don't. That's the answer. Don't. Roger that. It was well-received enough to be awarded the Games for Impact Award at the Games Awards 2020, uh, as well as being the awards darling for Gaming Magazine's Gaming Awards. So yeah, let's jump into it. Like Starting with that very impactful, powerful opening that we see, how did you guys feel about the opening? Like, Do you feel like it set you up for the experience that you were going to have? Do you feel like it ended up being a bit of a rug pull? Uh, What did you think? Um, Starting with Mike, what what did you think? What did I think of the opening? Uh... Well, we start in Allison's room, don't we? Yeah. Uh, well, Allison's cutting Tyler's hair, isn't she? Oh my God! What's the beginning of this game? I don't think that is <laughs> the opening. I think I the opening. Pl- is... I played this months ago now, and I feel like I've forgotten how it starts. But like to <laughs> me, when we we because we get to know them separately, there's like there's Allison in her room, then there's Tyler in his room, and then and then they meet up, and then there's the like the fairy ride. I think. I think before all of this, there's uh, Tyler in the interrogation room as a kid, oh, and he admits like to a... killing his mom. And then they go to the titles, and then you go to Allison's room, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I, I thought the full flashback was before that. You're right, it is. Wow, okay, what a what a great start for us to come back for season two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're prepared, there's no tangents, It's we're on point, we are on track, we are focused, we are razor sharp. In your defense, Travis, there's a lot of flashbacks <laughs> that happen again and again and again and again in this game, but you see different angles on them over and over again, so I think I would be hard-pressed to put all of the different flashbacks in order, even having gone over it today. Well, okay, so actually, here's the thing. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to recreate the experience of Tell Me Why. So as a panel, we're going to decide... <laughs> whether we saw the flashbacks first or not. And that's how we're going to progress forward with the podcast. Depending on what we pick, it'll it'll make or break my relationship with Travis. <laughs> Jesus, this has gotten extremely meta extremely quickly. The stakes are high. The stakes are high. We go high stakes on here. Okay, so whatever the beginning was for you, how do you feel like it's set up? I, well, that's another thing honestly about, terrific about, about this game is that there's so much the it takes this like very subjectivity to the next level right where we see versions of the memories by Allison and Tyler and then you, we have to pick between them and I don't know I, it affects the dynamic of their relationship and where you end up in, in an emotional place in the story but not so much like in a physical place like it's not like in a choose your own adventure like a goosebumps book or something Oh, I just dated myself. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, in any Choose Your Own Adventure story, it changes how the story actually ends. And I mean, to some extent it does, but I think largely what is put on the forefront in this game is like the relationship between siblings, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really cool exploration. As someone who has, I have I have two siblings and, you know, we're not twins, but I, I think that it really did a, a good job of portraying sort, sort of shared memory, shared experience. Uh, the subjectivity of those lived experiences. I mean, who hasn't had an argument with a sibling or even a close friend about like what actually happened and like the fragility of memory and and how like that can can change and and warp over time and and how that impacts not only the relationships between people we're close with but the people in our communities. So I thought I thought this game did a really good job of of exploring that idea. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, Kaya, what did you feel about the game overall? Yeah, I mean, I I had an interesting time going into this game because f- I was very focused on knowing that it was a game with a trans protagonist and being like, 
hyper focused on what that meant going into the story and like looking for all of the the things they were seeding into it uh read the trans protagonist and so though i remember at the beginning of the story being sort of mildly distracted by that that's on me not the story that's just the way i was watching it but i was really impressed as things went on that it wasn't really about that at all what it was about is everybody's subjective experience of their own life right Mm -hmm. um and of other people's lives of other people's truths and their like tyler's relationship with his sister is very much about that is kind of this idea of things have happened to us in the past i see things in a certain way you see things in a certain way just like what you're talking about mike and Mm -hmm. i i thought that that was such an interesting approach to a story first of all that's a very hard story to make um and it's a very interesting story to make in a video game where you get to have some control over that rather than in a movie or a tv show where the control of that isn't like as subjective as possible from the audience's perspective but in this case we actually got to choose what felt true to us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think at the end of the day for me i started out being very distracted by the the like representation of a trans person and by the end of it i was so impressed that what they managed to get across was actually the experience of a trans person in that uh tyler is so sure of his own experience and allison isn't because tyler had the opportunity to learn how to trust himself because he's trans and because he is someone Mm -hmm. who uh, has to examine his own internal life and his own memories Mm -hmm. and to me i found like that that was such a like brilliant and lovely way to approach a trans story with a trans character that was so so universal to every character in the game and every person playing it mm-hmm. wow that's yeah. that's very insightful actually i yeah definitely yeah i don't know if it's what they were going for but <laughs> <laughs> for me it is a trans story because there's a trans person in it just like a story with a woman in it is also a woman's story anybody who is experiencing that story it is their story but it wasn't solely a trans story it wasn't exclusively a trans story and what it did is it for me anyway dug into the parts of being trans that are so so unbelievably universal which is learning to trust yourself right you know and learning to be able to take control of your own story mm-hmm. yeah of your own of your own narrative and being a reliable narrator for your own self exactly yeah yeah totally yeah and i mean like my experience as a non-binary person is not the same as tyler's on any level so i i I want to be careful in the way that I speak about this because I, I realize it's it's not my story. It's not my experience. But I do think it's interesting that I feel like the beginning of the story set up, I guess, the element or the theme of transphobia to be much more central to the plot than it ended up being, which I actually kind of liked, to be honest. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. That there was more going on to this story than just the transphobia that Tyler was going to have to face. Like, th- there's a lot more going on to it. And I, I I loved that. Like I loved that we can have these characters with these stories that that have more to them than that. It isn't just trans suffering, you know? Yeah, almost the opposite. Like I I completely agree with you. By the time we were getting to the end of the first episode, I was almost wincing because like they had found the book on how to raise your trans kid. We knew that that she was going to try and attack him. And I agree with you, Travis, in that I'm also non-binary. I am not a trans man, um, but I'm trans masculine. Uh, so even then, I don't know. Tyler's full experience, but like the idea of having your hair cut short and then somebody chasing you with a gun is obviously very, very horrifying. But with that said, when you got to that part and you realized what it was actually about, that turn to me was so, so wonderful. And it like really pulled the rug out under me, even as somebody who has a good literacy of trans media. The fact that the rest of the story became more about Allison's PTSD and Allison's suffering and trauma was such a like refreshing change for me. Yeah, but in a way that didn't take away from Tyler's story either, right? Like we didn't no. just ditch his entire storyline and then be like, well, we're focusing on her now. Like it, it No, was... but he was the confident one and the sure one and the one who had like control over his life, right? Yeah, which is so interesting. Being a person who was trans and had to face the difficulties that come with that and also growing up in juvie, like yeah, what that actually did for him and how different a life Allison led because of what happened. Totally. So let's dive into the characters a bit, because that's really what makes up so much of this story. Mm -hmm. Starting with Eddie. Eddie was uh, Uncle Eddie. He was the uh, cop in town that took Allison in after Tyler went to juvie and raised her. How do we feel about Eddie? Uh, Starting with Mike. He was a pretty good guy, wasn't he? He like 
tried to do the best that he could possibly do for both of them, uh, given his station. Am I wrong? I feel like that was that was my takeaway. But also, I know we maybe had different information depending on what choices we made in the story. But yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, Kaya, what did you feel about Eddie? Um, I feel like Eddie was uh, really set up to be the villain. Yeah. Um, I feel like they he was sort of the red herring. So there was a lot of places where obviously he was a cop, so he was in a position of power, and that immediately makes you doubt him. Um, also you spend a lot of time going through the precinct and going through his office and going through the like hidden files and stuff. Um, but I think my impression of him as I was going through it is that he was a really interesting character and a really complex character. And as we were going through it, I almost came to realize he was complex to a point where there was no way it was him. <laughs> like we had too, too much information on him. And I was like, this is 100% a mislead. Yeah. No, I see that. I, I totally get that. Like, I'm not taking that bait. Yeah, yeah. That, I was I was way too cynical about it. I was like, I like him, but he's uh, there's no way he's our bad guy. Your goblin senses were tingling. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel very conflicted about Eddie. Again, coming from a very white perspective, I'm trying to you know stay in my lane here. But uh, he's he's Klingon, is he not? Like he? Yes, he is. Yeah. I I feel like the choice to have an indigenous man be part of the police force and an agent of the state separating their family. I I feel like if it was told by indigenous people, like that might be an interesting angle, but it just kind of reads as tone deaf for mostly white developers. Like I was fairly sure that they did a lot of consulting with Tinklet uh, communities and didn't they? Uh, they did. They did. It's just, I, I don't know. I, it, it feels a little weird to me. Like, why Why did he have to be, I don't know. Would it be Would it be less weird if he were just some white guy? I, I think so, because it just has this weird connotation of, like, it's like Benny and Rent being the rich yuppie. Yeah. A rich black man who is pushing out poor white people. Like, it's not that it's not possible. It's not that people of color can't hold positions of authority and can't hold that kind of power. But when you're painting it with just that one angle, it reads a little hollow. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if you know the reference I'm making, Mike, um, from Rent. Um, I, I've seen Rent, but I can't remember that specific character. Uh, anyways, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's it's not, it doesn't bring the game down. I love Tell Me Why. Um, it, I just, it feels a little weird to me. Yeah, but, um, okay, so oh. if anyone's listening, your takeaway should be that Travis doesn't feel like indigenous people should ever be on the police force. Oh, I don't no. think anyone should be on the police force, frankly. <laughs> I mean, nope, that's my no read, police. but... <laughs> Can't Travis wait to the read police. the comments. If you're listening, yep. uh, just, uh, you know, any boys in blue, uh, we're just trying to be really inflammatory because uh, any publicity is good publicity. So <laughs> t- tell your friends. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I do see what you're saying, Travis. I will say that, like, I think if that had been all he was, I, I would have been more upset about it. Also, there are other characters that are indigenous. He's not the only one, which I think also helps. That's true. That he's not a monolith. Like the, you do have Michael as well, who gets to sort of speak from that perspective. So it's, it's, it's not just him. If I think if it was just him, I would be like a little bit more like, Oh yeah, you were, you were setting him up to be the villain and the, the bad cop and so on and so forth. Though the thing I will give it is that I think he as a character has a very good sense of community care. I'm not crazy about the police force either, but he, he, as a character and as a person, I think they really try and give him a sense of responsibility, which is maybe to offset that. Yeah, that's very true. Moving on from Eddie, the other sort of uh, male role model that they have in their lives is Sam. Wait, hold on. But we did mention Michael. Can we just talk about Michael first? Yeah, up? do you want to jump to Michael? Let's talk to Michael. I let's do, talk about Mike. because I love Michael. He's so cute. I love Michael. I love Michael. Michael's and adorable. The little mini game in the, gro- in the grocery store where you're like throwing things at each other. It was like the most heartwarming thing. I just melted. It totally was agree. So cute. Oh, that romance. I thought this romance was bonkers good. Oh, bonkers good. Yeah, between Tyler and and Michael, I was like rooting for that so hard. I'm like, yes, all about it. And it's funny. I played this with my partner, and he was sitting with me and just being like, I think there's a thing between those two. And I was like, what? And then the further you get in the story, you're like, oh, he was so right. There is, and I love this. <laughs> I love it. I think one of the things that surprised me the most was I'm very used to games trying to develop a romance through dialogue which is fine it's what we're used to from a lot of other mediums but this you got to do it through gameplay like you got to have a little silly snowball fight with him with with stuffed animals 
but like it was really cute like you got to mm-hmm. develop that relationship through gameplay through something that involves the player and not just watching two people talk on screen that you'll eventually take control of at one point yeah like yeah. It, it feels much more natural to your participation it felt more natural to me as a person too just because I've never really been able to cultivate romance through my own dialogue in real life so I feel like doing cute things is like much more <laughs> something that I can identify with yeah I, I totally get that I have no game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was such a such a charming romance that at the end when like, correct me if I'm wrong, you could see who like how many people picked what. Uh, yes, you can. When 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 it got to the like Michael one, it was like 95% of people romanced him or something. I was like, well, fucking duh. <laughs> like, who didn't romance him? Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I could see the argument that... Tyler has some healing and some work to do before he's ready for a relationship. No, no. <laughs> Michael only. The relationship could be part of the healing process. Yes. Hard disagree. I, I picked Michael too. Like, I'm not trying to... Travis is you trying to cancel folks. Michael. Travis hates Michael. If you want to talk Get about the it, comments. hit us up so on Travis Twitter. hates all the Klingit people in the movie. <laughs> oh, God. Travis is oh the 1% God. of people who didn't pick Michael. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I thought it was super cute. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad that they end up getting together uh, and that they go to Juno together. I think it's very cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Depending on which ending you get, I guess. But we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Save the ending for the ending. So yeah, let's jump back to uh, Sam, who's the... I think he's the bear in the... fairy tale book correct yes sam in the, is the fairy bear. tale book mike get your mind out of the gutter <laughs> i mean he's undeniably a bear in real life too 100 <laughs> percent. come on he, he was uh just to clarify he was like the sort of did he drink a lot or something was that the yes thing? he yeah. did yeah he drank a lot and he was married and then there was wasn't there like a cheating thing that happened he was in love with marianne but she was not in love with him but then he has he has the repair shop with his like boat and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cool. Correct. I'm, I'm, I'm and on board. he would like take care of the house for them. Yeah. 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 And then, but they and they kind of set him up to be really sh- sus- suspicious and like shady, right? Like, I mean, they set everybody up to be really. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> it was good. It kind of felt like a like a Columbo episode. Oh no! All right, <laughs> again, dating myself. All right, I was gonna <laughs> say like if you thought <laughs> Goosebumps was dating you, like <laughs> Columbo is dating re- you. Mike. Reminded me of a Pretty good sure old episode of Murder you. She Wrote. Oh, it just reminds me of my good old friend Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> Boy, did I love his cutting edge comedy. <laughs> Ahead of his time, that one. He really knew what to do with a potato and a couple of forks. Oh, he sure did. Kaya, my goodness. <laughs> Speaking of setting up everyone to be a villain, there's also Tessa. Oh, man. Tessa. <laughs> that woman. My goodness. They really make you hate her. Like, oh, yeah. They, they really try. Yeah. yeah. And it's like sure. she's one of those people who you you can encounter in like everyday life who has like the best of intentions and just like the, the worst follow through. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I, like, I'm trying to help. And you're like, you're not helping at all. You're 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 making it worse, Tessa. And lo- the fact that she like exploits her support to try to manipulate Marianne yeah. is like, it, it's so slimy. Like it, the fact that her support is that conditional, she tries to like take advantage of her and manipulate her to make the decisions that she thinks are best. Even though she does have the best of intentions, as you said, like it's, ugh, yeah. Ugh. Like coming back to transness again, cause I'm going to do that. I, f- <laughs> I feel like it was such a good example of a character that really exists in a lot of trans people's lives of like that person who cares about you and really does want the best for you, but never asks you what that might be. Yes. So 100% they that. decide 100% yeah. that it's ne- it's you're never consulted. It's what mm-hmm. I think is best yes. for you. And I'm just going to do that. Yeah. So the intentions are great. But the reason that they ham fist their way through is because they are trying to make guesses Mm -hmm. or assumptions as to what they think the solution is without ever just being like, what do you need? That's what she does to Marianne. That's what she's in theory doing to Tyler. That's kind of her gig. And obviously we all know people like that, but boy, oh boy, do trans people ever need to deal with those people uh, more than your average amount. Yeah. Yeah, It's this idea that like, oh. Well, you're very misguided and you don't know how to like do your life. So let me make choices for you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very universal experience. But I think so much of this game for me is about the universal experiences that do so tend to become big, huge plot points in trans people's lives. Yeah. Um, it's like, how would you feel if somebody was consistently telling you what was best for you without ever asking? You know, we yeah. feel like shit. Although I am very happy to see that, like, at least in my ending, she dumped Tom's ass. Yes. Which I was like, yeah, you know what? Good for you. 
Good for you, Tessa. Agreed. You're on the way to becoming a better person. Like Tom seemed really wishy-washy. <laughs> Did he seem... He felt kind of wishy-washy to me. I don't even know if that's the word I'd use for it. Like, No? I... Well, how would you describe Tom? Because to me, he yeah, he just felt like a wishy-washy dude. Scum? <laughs> like gu- like gum? used gum? Used gum. No, scum. Oh, scum. Oh. Okay. I kind of stand by the gum thing. <laughs> I kind of like that. It was very just poetic. Chew you up and spit you out. That's right. I think one of the tricks to any mystery, if like just from a screenwriting nerd perspective, which uh, you know I'm gonna do, the thing that tipped me off about Tom is he like appeared right at the top of Act Three or the third. Uh, episode and as soon as he did i was like well this is the part where you'd want to show the villain so that when he gets revealed it's everybody remembers who he is so it's that guy (laughs) Um, which i guess is like the the dumbest reason to realize somebody is the the villain but also he just kind of was so nothing for so much of the story that i was like so it's probably him right yeah it has to be because at this point we've gotten enough information to both like build up in our heads that it could be this person and then get enough information to think that, no, maybe they're not. Yeah. And like we do that rise and fall with each of the characters that we didn't really get with Tom until the end, as you said. Yeah. So it's like, like you, well, you really had reasons to suspect everybody but him. Mm-hmm. So that to me at some point started to be like, so well, then it's probably him. <laughs> and like, this is kind of what I said about the Life is Strange episode. Like, Kai, have you played Life is Strange? I have not yet. It is uh, high on my list. Cool. Don't know what's wrong with you. Um... <laughs> oh, uh, I can tell you. Would you like to know? Would you like to keep this podcast on the rails? Because I can get going if you no, want. Uh, but like for real though, I, I think you would love it. It's a great game. No, I don't disagree. Having said that, uh, there. well, now I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay, well, listeners of the show, if you listen to our Life is Strange episode, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about and what I'm talking about. But we're moving on. <laughs> uh, so how do we feel about like the memory choosing mechanic? I know we kind of touched on it briefly, but... Um, it's very central to how you progress in the game. It's the major decisions you get to make. It's similar to Life is Strange in that you get to make choices about how to progress the story, but it's different in that it's not based in the present, it's based in the past, and you will have to heal based on what your decision is and how you view the past moving forward. So it's similar but different. I don't know. Um, how did you guys feel about it? So starting with Mike. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was interesting and I felt myself really torn between a lot of the choices like it wasn't unilaterally mm-hmm. I wasn't picking one or the other more so I think I kind of bounced back and forth depending on how I felt about the situation the contextual clues that were around and uh, I, I thought it was a neat mechanic and I thought it was unique to the game like it felt like yeah. something that was well done on like in a video game medium, like being able For to sure. see the memories and uh, and understand the rapport of, of not just between the twins, but the their surrounding community and stuff like that. It seems cool. And I, and I really do like that the relationship put on the forefront be like sort of the main stage of the whole game was, uh, it was interesting. I, I enjoyed it. It's very kind of postmodernisty, you know? Yeah, I, I get that for sure. Uh, Kaya, how did you feel about the mechanic? I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a clever way to tell the story and still keep you involved in it. Like, I never felt like the memories were so different that we were picking between two wildly alternate timelines, right? Mm -hmm. But the subtleties of it were well articulated, I felt. Uh, A change in tone can mean so much between two memories, you know, um... A change of wording can mean so much. It's it's so interesting, the like unstable ground that we sort of build our identities on top of, right? Yeah. And that's that's kind of how I felt about it. I felt like it was philosophically really interesting and mm-hmm. from a character perspective, really interesting. My computer is shit, so it chugged every time I got to those parts. That was annoying. <laughs> so that, that made me a little bit like, again, not the game's fault, but it did make me a little bit like, oh, we're remembering again. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's those transparency effects, too. My goodness. I'm sorry, what, Mike? What would you call them? The transparency effects transparency huh? no, no travis no. you're banned that was almost as bad as the joke <laughs> in the game where, where i think uh tyler was like i know i don't want any coffee i'm more of a tea person and you're like oh, oh. oh my god uh. i never got that till now uh. oh mike what have you done <laughs> i didn't get that until now oh i'm so dumb i'm so dumb that's so clever i love uh, it oh i'm dumb as go. rocks okay uh, you can ju- travis just choose to remember a version in which you did get that joke how about that i uh i personally really liked the uh the memory mechanic um 
speaking as someone who like I, I I've touched on this before on the podcast, but um I grew up in uh, a very violent and abusive house, and I have a lot of trouble dealing with certain memories. Uh, I have CPTSD, and I also have trouble recalling some specific memories. So this game hit me really hard. Yeah. This is at a time in my life when I'm having to go back to those memories to heal, to try to figure out what happened. So for me to play this game during this point in my life is, mm, <laughs> it, it really hits a raw nerve. Uh, and I, I think they do an incredible job of pointing out that like you can't just forget these things. And you can't leave them unexamined either. You need to go back and look at how not only you were feeling, but how other people were feeling in the moment as well. Mm-hmm. Because it's really important to to remember what other people were going through that may have caused them to act in specific ways or what previous trauma you already had at that point to make you view people in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's as Kaya said, the, the nuances and the subtleties, even if someone had the exact same script of lines to read, the way that they would deliver them would give you such a different idea of what they were trying to do, trying to help you with, trying to accomplish, trying to accomplish for themselves in that moment. And choosing how you're going to move on from that and how you're going to heal, I I think it was incredibly well done. I think it's beautiful. Uh, It's heartbreaking. And it hit me in a way that no other game really has. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. It's really Mm -hmm. powerful. Um, And as Mike said, this is something that's really really best done through a video game. It's yeah. it's so making use of the medium in a way that other stories don't always get to. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's so rare I find that like you play a video game and the the like dominant reaction to it is it felt healing. Yeah. Like you, often you end a video game and you're like that felt badass, that felt awesome, that felt so engaging, that was so entertaining, but that was so healing isn't something that I hear a lot when people finish triple a games mm-hmm. you know yeah, it is a very different kind of catharsis than we're used to getting from these yeah. stories and i might be wrong about that like i watched i i played last of us and last of us 2 and thought that was healing and some people are th- probably think i'm insane so <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably right so. i mean it, no i i feel i resonate so strongly with what you said travis because i i think that remembering that past events much as allison and tyler have had to sort of come to terms with the fact that so much of our lived experience, past and present, future, uh, is steeped in context. Mm -hmm. The context of the community around us, the cultural context. You know, context is king in a lot of situations. And I think that part of healing, uh, you know, as as an individual is like taking those memories, taking those experiences from our past and re-examining them from our present perspective can be healing it can really shed some light on who we are as people on the choices that we've made if, if we're getting kind of personal like i i grew up in a household where you know my mom she struggled with mental health stuff and the anxiety of like having your children taken away by social services is like a real thing i i don't remember why but like i remember there were some social services visits to my house and i remember my mom like coaching me and being like okay like here's what you're gonna say because this is what they're looking for and the risk is that they're going to take you away and i was like wow okay all right this is like (laughs) this is this is real Mm -hmm. and i remember her feeling like really scared and some marianne's feelings like in the game about her kids and like you know not for really for one second did i believe that marianne was going to kill her kids i just don't think that that was a thing yeah agreed you know i maybe because of my own relationship with my mother or i don't know but uh yeah if this was a really it was a very like healing game uh not just for the characters but i think that we we as audience members really benefited from from their journey as well so yeah absolutely yeah. I didn't know that about you, Mike, and I can't imagine how difficult it must have been to try to play this game, knowing that that's part of your experience. Like, especially that ending choice between was Marianne trying to take her own life or her whole family's because of the fear she had about child protective services coming in. Like that, I I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for you. That's in in a lot of ways, the relationship between Marianne and Tessa really paralleled that between my mom and my aunt. So yeah, I, wow. I was like, my aunt is not as, as awful as Tessa, mm-hmm. truthfully. But I think that there was there were some parallels elements there that, of that. Yeah. yeah, there were elements of their relationship in the past that I was like, oh shit. 
I don't know. I was really glad to be playing it with uh, with my partner because, yeah, it was kind of a journey. Do you feel comfortable talking about the ending, Mike? Like knowing that that's because like, we, we can just skip over that. Yeah, I'm I'm perfectly com- comfortable. And yeah, the okay. only reason I was even hesitating talking about the ending because I was like, I feel like if anyone hasn't played it, we don't want to spoil it for them. But yeah, no, we can we can definitely discuss it. I mean, we're usually a spoiler show. I'm not really. That's true. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're, we're saying it now. If you haven't played the end of the game, we're, we're going <laughs> to dive in right now. Yeah. So let, let's jump in. So the, the, the two endings that the, the major choice that you have to make at the end is, uh, do you choose to progress with the idea that Tom was telling the truth and that Marianne intended on killing herself or that Tyler and Allison's original idea of what was going to happen, that she was going to attack and kill Tyler is the truth. Which is also just another thing that I find really interesting because like you're having to balance what is more likely to have been true in this story and in this situation and what is most helpful for Allison and Tyler because sometimes we tell ourselves stories to make ourselves feel better. And whether that's helpful or not, it's a thing we do. It's certainly a thing Marianne did, like with her, the, the goblins and the, the princess and the things like that. So it's a very difficult decision to make. Uh, what did you guys make? Um, I'll start with you, Kaya. Yeah, I, I chose the version where she wasn't going to kill her children. If not just because if you can choose the version of something where a mom doesn't kill her children... <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> was was my personal approach to it, but also for the same reasons I was weighing the the heart and the head sort of choices mm-hmm. uh, that I think you're describing there, Travis. Of like, well, what seems the most likely and what seems the most healing to me? Honestly, the portrait that was painted of Marianne, it did seem the most likely that she was not trying to kill her children mm-hmm. because she cared so deeply for them and they were such a huge part of her own version of her own narrative. I had trouble believing that she would do that to them. Yeah. There there were those were things that I felt like I bumped up against. Um mm-hmm. so that that's what I went with. What about you, Mike? What did you choose? I mean, same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I Marianne, you know, you look at all that stuff that she built in the in the attic, all the stuff that she did with her kids. It just seemed like ah, she was she loved life to an extent. And I just don't think that she would want to deprive her children of that and even if she was really struggling with depression and like mental health issues and stuff like that I just don't see her feeling like unless she was doing them a a service in her mind like I just don't see her that being a thing yeah you know and it and it seems like while she was personally suffering because of her own journey I just don't see her robbing her children of their own journeys you know yeah for sure totally it felt like the whole point of the story in, in my mind was by exploring these memories, we add nuance and we realize there's a person behind the villains that we think of. And like, yeah, for sure. They were both gifted the opportunity to dig deeper in their vision of their mom um, and to choose a version that they felt was more reflective of how they felt about their mother. Right. Yeah. Right. For and, sure. and that's so much of like for us, too. We get to choose what we take with us mm-hmm. into our daily lives, like emotionally and, yeah. and mentally. And I think that, yeah, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Travis, which ending did you pick? Um, So I picked the same as you guys for, I guess, similar reasons, but not exactly the same. Like, I'm bringing a lot of my own history and issues into this. I think we all are. Yeah, I, I, for sure. But basically, like... A lot of the violence and abuse that was in my house came from my brother, uh, my older brother. And for a very long time, I I villainized my parents for not stopping it and not intervening and not protecting me. It has taken a lot of work for me to realize that they were doing the best that they could with mentally ill children and struggling to, you know, make ends meet and things like that. Um, and it's it, it's not something that I'm necessarily, you know, okay about or happy about and things like that, but being able to see the nuance and see the people, the flawed people behind it trying to do their best, I think is important and was something that I really needed to do. And it it is easier to just make a villain out of people. It's a very easy decision to make. And I, I don't fault or blame people for needing to do that sometimes to make it through their own lives. Absolutely. But it is also progress. You feel better uh, when you don't do that to people and when you do that for yourself, mm-hmm. y- you feel better as a person uh, and it- it's hard to get there and it's really hard to work through, but it's something that I, I think everyone should work towards. And uh, it's something that I have really worked towards and it's something that Allison and Tyler in my mind needed to work towards. So that's yeah. why I picked it. I-, I know it's not easy. It's very painful to to do that, but, um, but it is generous. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm happy with the ending that I got because of it, which was, 
Yeah, so uh, let's um, let's get into that. So there are two different epilogues broadly. Um, apparently, the the details can change based on the decisions you made throughout the game. But um, the the two general endings you get are Tyler and Allison move to Juno together with Michael, and an ending where Tyler moves to Juno, but Allison stays with the house, presumably because she has more work to do. She has more grieving to do, more self work to uh, to progress through. From the sounds of it, all three of us would have gotten the ending where they moved to Juno together. That sounds correct for you guys? Yep. yep. That's exactly what I got. So, how, how, well, before I get into my... What did you guys think of the endings? Um, starting with Mike. It felt like moving on, you know? I think that at the top of the game, they were both not really looking forward to, to being in the house and mm-hmm. and revisiting a lot of that stuff. And it really feels like this journey of two siblings who who did the work you know yeah you hear this all the time if you go to therapy you got to do the work and and i think that what made that so satisfying and what made it feel like a cathartic ending was you've experienced these two people who have done the work and now they're they're ready to move on and it sounds like in the other ending allison feels like there's more there for her to do and i think in the other ending she also she writes a new chapter in her in the mother's book of goblins, right? Mm-hmm. To me, I you know onward and upward. So I th- I, I like that. Uh, I like the the catharsis of like just just moving on, just finding the next thing. Yeah, uh, Kaya, what did you think? I think it's a testament to how much I liked these two main characters. That by the end of the story, I just literally just wanted to see them happy. That's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I I found them so charming and so compassionate and thoughtful and lovely and like. I thought the voice actors did such a good job. The mm-hmm. animators did such a good job that by the time we got to the end, just watching Tyler walk around the house and seem like a little lighter was so satisfying to me in a way that I can't like really explain. Um, the one thing that I think I did hate about it, and I don't mean to use extreme words like hate, but I think this does deserve it is that tyler cut off his very good hair right i'm very oh upset about that he was so he looks hot. great with a shaved head don't get me wrong but holy shit was his hair hot before right why would you do that to yourself sir like you handsome handsome lad a lot of transphobes love to say that trans people are mutilating their bodies but like tyler did a little bit <laughs> <laughs> it'll grow back travis it'll grow back <laughs> Very extreme approach. I love that. You heard it here first, folks. Travis does not believe in gender reassignment surgery. Um, oh my God. You can write your comments Mike, and complaints to our Twitter account. Mike, I hope you're excited to host this alone in the future. <laughs> Welcome to a very inflammatory episode of Rainbow Road. Yeah, I'm getting canceled. <laughs> Apparently, it's quite a lucrative career to be canceled. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah, worried. I've been reading. Yeah, I... I I do find it interesting that, like, I did a lot of research into um, what the developers have said about the game. And I don't want to, like, make broad sweeping statements because I know everyone's going to be able to interpret it this differently. And also, I can't be inside the developers' minds. But what they've said is that they feel like both endings are very positive and healing for both of the Ronin twins. And that they're just a different perspective. And, you know, there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad ending. I don't know that I buy that, honestly. Because <laughs> if you go on YouTube and you watch both of the endings, there's one where they're together and they seem very happy and they're connected and there's a flow between them. And there's one where they're separated and the discussion between them is awkward and tense and it doesn't seem like they're doing any healing. <laughs> Which I'm not saying is a bad choice, but it's a bad framing, I think, from the devs to say that there is no, like... That they're both positive healing experiences. And I'm like, I, that's it's not what I got out of it, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I do see why they're saying that. Just because I feel like if somebody went through that game and got the shitty ending, it's like, exactly. hi, you healed wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. All right. That's a very good point. You did point, it wrong. Kyle. That's a very There's good no point. hope for you. You healed wrong. You done healed wrong. I mean, I have said that in Overwatch so many times. <laughs> but... Okay. Slightly different circumstances, Travis. <laughs> Okay, no, that's an excellent point, Kaya, and I basically retract everything that I say now that you've said that. Perfect. My, my only goal was to come on here and force you to retract all of your opinions. We did it. You heard it here, folks. Travis has retracted all of his previous statements and opinions. <laughs> I have nothing of my own to contribute. <laughs> we absolutely just erased Travis over the course of this. Do you know how hard it is to get me to shut up? Like, that's an accomplishment. Kaya, you're the new host of Rainbow Road. Welcome. <laughs> oh, 
fantastic. Yeah. Wait, this does this great. mean I get to take over fandom? Uh, <laughs> did you hear something, Kaya? I don't. Did you? I don't. I, <laughs> sounds like the ghost of <laughs> Christmas past. Yeah, that's weird. It's, it's like somebody mentioned the other podcast that I refuse to give up. <laughs> <laughs> where can we find your other podcast? By the way, are you on Spotify and stuff? Uh, you know all the places where you can find podcasts. You can find it on any of those. Sweet. And where can we find you on like social media, like Twitter, for instance? Oh, you can find me at the Kaya Green, and you can find uh, the podcast at the fandom show very cool thank you very much kai oh you're so welcome before we uh wrap things up i do want to just give a little bit of a shout out to the devs i was really impressed with their thorough covering of content warnings on their website mm-hmm. yeah like i don't know if you guys have gone through it but they have a very detailed like is tyler going to deal with transphobia is tyler going to be dead named is michael going to deal with homophobia is michael going to deal with violence just going through the intersections of being a trans man, being a gay man, being Klingit, item by item, and like, here is a full list if you want to spoil it for yourself, because you want to make sure that you are comfortable with and capable of going through this story, here are all the elements that you need to know, and not in a way that like, ruins the story for anyone else, it's only for people who want to access that information to make sure that, you know, this is something where they can feel safe and comfortable engaging with this content. I think that's amazing. I think it's really cool of the developers to do it. Totally yeah. agree. I mean, even further to that, um, Kaya, like, how did you feel about uh, about the fact that they managed to dodge using Tyler's dead name the entire game? I loved it. Oh, snap. I thought it was very well done. You're right. I Yeah. Crazy. I didn't even notice that. Right? Because, like, they, they used that because he was going to go with Oliver and they called him Ollie for short as if it was a name that he was, like, trying out. But that's never his dead name. And we never have to hear his dead name. Despite the fact that we see him as a child... We don't need to hear it. Like, that's not a thing we need to know as an audience. Yeah. I, I just thought that was really cool. I, I think I really admire all the people who sort of consulted on this and made an effort to get it right. I was very, very lucky to get to talk to Nick Adams, who is the director of Trans Inclusion at GLAAD. Yes. Uh, for a separate project. Um, and I thanked him for his work on this because uh, he worked directly with them. And you can really see it, I think, in the DNA of this thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all stories should be for everyone. But this really felt like it was for trans people first and foremost and it got to be for everyone else as well but that because it was a protagonist because uh tyler's story was going to be so important to so many people that they really really put the effort in and i really really appreciate that Mm -hmm. if you're writing a story and you are doing that effort you can't know how much it means to the people who like quite literally just don't see themselves usually yeah and like it was it was so thoughtful because like last of us 2 also has a trans character who does get debt named at some point and i think that that is a really good depiction of a trans person but so many people didn't play the game just because they saw there was dead naming and they bailed out right we mm-hmm. talked about this on our last of us 2 episode that uh you guys did mm-hmm. and i so hate the idea that someone would miss out on a story that they might need i like i know i loved watching love and and it really made a huge impact for me uh, for something as stupid as a name yeah you know something as inconsequential something as like easy to replace easy to work around it's doable you know it's doable to do these things um, so let's try because it, it, it just makes such an enormous difference yeah. uh, to making it accessible to the people for whom the story is for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I'm not going to say that I fall on either side of the argument of like whether it was quote unquote necessary to dead name Lev in Last of Us 2 because it's a thing that the villains would do. Yeah, sure. That's an argument. Yeah. But for tell me why it wasn't necessary. Like there's just there no. was no reason. And because of that, it's not there. And I, I just I really liked it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so I just wanted to give that little shout out to the devs before we wrap it up. But uh, we are running out of time, so we are going to have to call it pretty soon. Before we go, uh, we're going to ask the age-old question. Hey, Mike, what you playing? What am I playing? I'm playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, hell yeah. How is it? It's really good. uh, I'm at the end, though, and it's been short. It feels like DLC, even though it's a separate game. But Mm -hmm. it's uh, an excellent addition to the Spider-Man franchise. And uh, yeah, and if anyone's seen the Spider-Man movie, No Way Home, they actually, they nod to the Spider-Man video game twice in two different ways in in the film. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. His suit that he gets at the end is the Spider-Man video game suit. Oh, okay. And they reference the uh, charity organization in the Spider-Man video game, Feast. Oh, Oh, neat. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. There's like, there's moments where like... 
I don't know what the word is for this Afrocentric cultural elements. Yeah, I would. That makes yeah, sense. Let's go. Let's go with that. Are are heavily featured in the game. So like, if you complete a series of neighborhood missions, you get to this point where there's a big mural of like Black Lives Matter like embedded in the game, heavily featured, heavily heavily featured, and you're like, that's cool, cool. Uh, there's also an excellent portrayal of uh, there's a character from the deaf community in the game, and all, uh, yeah, allowing Miles Morales to also suddenly speak American Sign Language, which is kind of cool, but also unexpected. So, yeah, great game. Highly recommend. Cool. Uh, so, Kaya, what you playing? Well, I just finished playing this awesome game, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, but I guess I'm not going to talk about that. Um, no, I... <laughs> Oh, I'm going to steal your thunder, dude. <laughs> uh, no, it is such a good game, though. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But to, uh, you know, differentiate myself, uh, I, I'm sure most of your listeners know of the game Stardew Valley. I played it a couple years ago, really loved it, and then very recently uh, got back into it because it's winter and we're on lockdown, so I wanted to play something that could just uh, suck the time from my life. Um, and I ended up playing it with uh, three other people because there's uh, like re- a good co-op mode now where you can jump into somebody else's game. And we ended up kind of developing a cult. <laughs> Okay. It, it turns out that uh, that Stardew Valley is 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 you, very very easy to make a cult thing happen. Like we ended up making robes for ourselves and like buying oh little God. like iconography things. And like one of our sellers is a cult room. Like it's a whole ass thing. It's very midsummer. We're obviously playing it in like. Not necessarily how it was intended, but uh, you can't do blood sacrifices, but what you can do is carry a massive bomb into your sacrifice room and set off a bunch of them so that all of you die and have to go to the doctor. Anyway, uh, it's a good time, and we were uh, we were Twitch streaming it, and it's uh, fucking weird. So, which, which yeah. townsperson would you sacrifice first to your cult? Oh, well, I mean, we couldn't sacrifice the townspeople. We only sacrificed ourselves. No, no, but like, if, if you could. Oh, but if we could... Yeah. I don't think anyone would miss Clint. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'm I'm so I'm so sorry. Why? Who's but Clint? I, I haven't played Stardew. I mean, I know he's the blacksmith. That's actually pretty important. So I don't know. Maybe Marnie, because she's never fucking home. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> the greatest crime of them all. <laughs> I, I need hay. I need hay or my animals are gonna starve. I don't know what you want from me, Marnie. It's Monday. Go back to work. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> so, uh Travis. Yeah. What you playing? Uh, not Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Very painful for you. I, you know, I haven't played video games at all this week. Honestly, actually, uh, I've been so immersed in the three D and D games that I'm in. Oh yeah. <laughs> that uh, yeah. Travis is a DM now. Yes, Travis is a DM now. Huge. That sounds for Dungeon Master. If anyone didn't know, Dungeon Master. <laughs> Not like a sex dungeon. I I, I mean, you don't know to... my game. It could be. That's true. I and I yeah. I don't want to yuck someone's yum. <laughs> uh, you do you. Okay. Well, on that note, we're gonna call it. Um, we will see you guys next time. Uh, Mike, thanks so much. Thank you. And Kaya, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks. Oh for my being god, here. it was my pleasure uh, to once again walk through the golden doors of nerddom, which is being on this podcast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the golden doors. I we got now. We got to get some golden doors. It's a metaphor that only barely makes sense. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'm locking the door behind us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this has been Rainbow Road. Tell me why ain't nothing. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I had to. <laughs>